0: Hi, I'm Jerry Hawking from com. Uh, I'm based in our Glasgow office, and today delighted to be catching up with Simon Boyle, founder of Beyond Food. Hi, Simon. Hi, uh, hey, Jerry. We're going to be talking uh, about how uh, they responded to the lockdown and the support that they're offering those in the sector. So, welcome, Simon. Great to see you this morning. Uh,
1: nice to see you, Jerry. Thanks for having us.
0: No worries. Thanks for coming on. Um, so, Simon, tell us tell us a little about Beyond Food. Uh, who you are and what you stand for. Hmm. So,
1: Beyond Food is a charity, the Beyond Food Foundation. Uh, primarily, we are there to try and help people who have either been homeless or that people may have experienced homelessness, um, and try and get them uh, back on their own two feet um, and into a meaningful job into the hospitality industry. So, we're primarily a hospita- hospitality charity. We also have our own restaurant, um, it's called the Brigade Bar and Kitchen, which is based on Tudie Street, London Bridge, and we use that as, um, as, a, as a way of uh, interacting, engaging people into, into hospitality. It's a business in its own right, it's a social enterprise, it, it has the same profit and loss as any other business, um, but obviously uh, we employ a lot of apprentices through, through the Brigade, um, and, and they are fully supported by the charity.
0: And do those apprentices stay with yourselves, or do you look to then move them on to other opportunities within the sector?
1: Yeah, um, we our system is very well thought through, very structured. As you can imagine, when people have been homeless or potentially at that point of homelessness, uh, they've got quite a lot of complex issues, and um, so we keep them abrogate for one whole year, um, and then after a year, we then put them into a partner. Um, Organisation, and we continue to support them. The first year they will do their first year of qualifications, uh, a lot of online training, a lot of training at Brigade in, the, in its own cook school, and then obviously their work experience. Um, they do 40 hours a week, and as any other member of the staff. We also work in partnership with uh, Coopers, which are an accountancy firm, they're in effect like a business partner. And also Baxter Story, uh, the hospitality company. Yeah. And um, we've got great partnerships with all of their brands, so Sears's, Benugo's, um, to name a couple, and obviously Baxter Story to get those second-year placements. Really important that we keep them within our family, um, and that's really helped us, particularly during COVID
0: nineteen. Good. It certainly sounds like there's a lot of structure there for for the apprentices as they come through.
1: Yeah, we've we are. This is our. Let me have a think now. We started in 2005 um, the work, um, and we started to kind of, if you like, get our understanding of how to work with people uh, from vulnerable backgrounds. Um, And I'd say in the last nine years is when we opened Brigade, and we've really structured it well. And we understand not not just how to get somebody into an employment opportunity, but how to really get them to the right. Position the right point in their lives where they can accept employment. Um, we're not in this um, to give somebody a, a foolhardy um, approach, so you know, a bit of training and expect them to just run on their own. That's not what we do with Beyond Food. We really structure all the way through, really support, and our retention rate is incredible because of it.
0: Right. So, so COVID nineteen uh, and the lockdown has led to great adversity for so many of us in the sector. How are yep. your apprentices impacted?
1: Um, well, we have to give you an idea of the scale of our work. That so we have now uh, trained three and a half thousand homeless people. Uh, within, oh. We've given 1,200 full employment um, training and all of the, the support systems that go around it. And we have 133 apprentices in total. Um, that spans over fifteen cohorts. So up to cohort thirteen, they're all in the workplace. They're all doing very well. Um, they have pretty much all but been furloughed. Um, yeah. So we're offering them support. Cohort fourteen uh, was the difficult one because they had literally left us two weeks before and had found right. employment um, on the second of March. Now, luckily, all of them were employed within the Baxter Story family. And I have to say, uh, between Baxter Story, Deercy's, and their clients, um, they're all being completely supported financially. So they were, yes, they were furloughed, but the majority of them have been to, uh, have been topped up, um, which is fantastic. Obviously, yeah, and we, yeah, yeah we have worried because we weren't sure about the, the furlough laws, uh, rules rather, in terms of. Because they've been apprentices for twelve months prior to that and an apprentice salary, that could have really av- adversely affected them. And it has in some cases, but the charity is helping them financially as well as all the other support that we offer. Cohort fifteen, which is our brand new cohort, and they started on the second of March. We've been working with them as okay. kind of trainees since the, the start of the new year. You can imagine from their point of view, you know, they've they've been homeless, the fans themselves they uh, on their own two feet using the, the foundation support suddenly got that first job yeah. and you know the world just disappears from underneath them we have retained their employment exactly as it was they're still they're in, still in this getting paid the same amount of money still getting the same support from the government so really effectively what we're doing with them is just um, we're training them online. Uh, we're yeah. keeping them. They've got lots lots to do, lots to learn. Uh, they've also got Baxter Stories, Whole Chef Academy and Front of House uh, Service Academy. Um, there's lots on, on their, what they call their vine, which is training opportunities online. So, yep. we're expecting them to still do a day's work every day, and that's working well. So, it's, you know, I would say on the whole, they are all doing well. You You obviously have... The mental health strains, the financial issues, the anxiety, stressfulness of being on your own in an isolated environment, and our apprentices have, you know, they've they've seen such challenge and adversity throughout their lives. In some ways, it doesn't surprise me that they're doing better than you might well think. But I also know that they, you know, they they understand we've got a great support system around, so they're doing okay at the moment.
0: So there's been a lot of adaptation within your own business to support everyone right through this, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. We well, we did. We went through some extraordinary, um, fluid kind of experiences over the last sort of six to seven weeks. We chose to brigade uh, to close brigade a couple of days prior to lockdown. Uh, We we could see it was going to happen. We didn't want to waste our food. So we very quickly, and because we we're in touch with so many homeless organisations, we knew that food was going to be an issue. Yeah. So we immediately turned our kitchen into a production site. So we cooked three and a half thousand meals um, and got them out to the hostels that we work with. Um, after lockdown, we continued a little while, but then we re- and we started to work with other restaurants and particularly story organisations that, that would send us their food, so we didn't they didn't waste their food and we again carried on. And then after a little while we realised that we for our own purposes had to socially distance. Um, and so, we started to work with more manufacturers and trying to help them distribute their food. Right. In particular, I have got a good relationship with um, with all of our suppliers, but also people like Unilever. Um, I, I used to be Unilever's ambassador, so we helped them distribute some food. Yeah. At that point we then decided Probably time that we we vacate the restaurant, um, and so the team went their separate ways, and then we then built a support line, uh, a COVID nineteen support line, um, to specifically look at four key areas. The first one being mental health. Um, mental health, probably, you know, I know it's the buzzword at the moment, and people are taking it very seriously, but. Beyond Food Foundation really understands the effect that it has on people, and we have the systems in place to be able to help them. But we, what we needed to do is increase our numbers, so we searched out for qualified mental health counsellors that were being furloughed. So we now have a team of over thirty. Right. Um, we, yeah, uh, financial hardship was the next category. Well, you know, people, even though they'd been furloughed, they didn't quite know how it was going to work out. Um, the whole tipping. Fiasco um, was also, you know, an enigma to people. They didn't know they were going to get the, the complete 80% yeah. or not. Um, again, when people start into start getting into financial difficulties, the stress that that causes is huge. So just having a sound ear to be able to help them and help them think with things like, you know, if they had to apply for a universal credit, just having somebody there with experience to help them do that. The third area was about feeding yourselves. Well, Beyond Food is a food organization, it's always used as food as a catalyst. And so that didn't stop. And so trying to make sure people were eating nutritious, healthy food whilst they were sort of going through this experience is something very close to our heart. So we've continued to do that. Um, we do it virtually now. So we now. Um, um, are sending out food, uh, food boxes, which are very much training, slash uh, looking after yourself related, um, so that we can continue, they can, they can still make a risotto at home and learn how to do that whilst feeding themselves, obviously, and that's yeah. in line with their training. And then the last one, in some ways, is the most important one, is about loneliness, uh, companionship. So, many of our apprentices, they live um, in a room on their own with very little, um yes, they've started to move their lives on, but it takes time. So actually lots of them have lost their friends, family, their relationships are broken down for whatever reason. Um and so we wanted to maintain a, a level of communication that was, you know, daily. And again, we've got about thirty people that volunteer to keep in touch with people on a you know day by day basis, just to check in, five minutes, ten minutes, just to um, you know, and, and not necessarily offering anything more than a bit of friendship.
0: Yeah, I think that is important in the hospitality sector, perhaps more than any other, where people live off the buzz of their workmates, where they are used right. to working, yeah. perhaps hours that that most folk are, are alien to. Uh, mm. so, so, having someone they can talk to, particularly if they are feeling lonely or vulnerable uh, yeah. is a massive help. So, since the the launch of the 24-hour crisis line, um, is it being used much by? Yeah, no, your apprentices more or less than you perhaps thought.
1: Yeah, well, we've launched. There's two ways to access it. So there's online. So you can you can click on there. There's a I think a little box called local helpers. You can click on where you live. It's it's UK wide. Mm And um, and then you can then work through the system to kind of see what help you need, and that's just there for anyone. Um, and it's we are specifically wanting people in hospitality to look at it, but it but also and take advantage of it, but also other people. Uh, the crisis line we've launched that, and that's a tech service, and it's manned twenty four seven. And I would say on average, it's it's getting two calls an hour um, on average. And um, We also have people in New Zealand that are manning it and during the night, okay. right. um, because it's 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 that night where you can't sleep. You've maybe not slept for a few days. Um, payday has just has been and gone. There's people there that have, you know have lost their jobs. There's no two ways yeah. about it in the hospitality industry. And it'll be now these these weeks where it starts to ramp up. But we've got the thing in place now. We've got the right people there we have um, partnered up with SHOUT, and they have 3,000 trained volunteers on the line. So, if people text the number to, um, sorry, text beyond food to the number, then they will get um, the right help that they need. Um, And sometimes that is merely just, again, just sharing the anxiety can do an awful lot. But if it's more serious than that, then I shout, and the text line is is linked to the emergency services, so they can send someone around you know, very quickly.
0: I so again making sure that anyone who is vulnerable is is being looked after quickly. Yeah, you know, it,
1: mental health and poor mental health in particular is is something that we all need to be very aware of, and it's not a not just an industry thing, but when you can imagine. You're sat there, and the industry—you know—no one really knows what's happening right now. So there's your mind plays um, plays games on you a little bit. Yeah. Um, Sometimes companies are not feeding the information that probably because they don't know that much themselves. But you know, your mind starts to play on you, particularly during the evenings and the at nighttime. And if you're on your own, it's quite a lonely place to be. Yeah.
0: And. In regards to to where we're at right now, uh, is there any positive learnings that can be taken from the situation? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I run a a, a a charity, and and you know what I like to think is a really uh, interesting hospitality business. Um, I wear rose tinted glasses quite a lot of the time. Um, But for me, yeah, I think there's lots, you know, um, from just humanity has changed, I think, you know, people have kind of gone, we've kind of almost pressed the reset button a little bit. You know, obviously we look out the window, nature is there, we're together with our families, um, or we're at least reaching out to our families. I think one of the ones is that we're all equal. Uh, You know, the the foundation works with people being very excluded from society and actually, now, everybody is feeling that isolation, and so I think it's a great leveller, we've all equalised ourselves a little bit, and I hope we don't forget that. Um, definitely, we're depending on each other a lot more, um, and certainly that is nationwide, worldwide, but I, I would say as an industry, the industry, the hospitality industry, is, I, you can see it all the times. lots of forums, lots of podcasts, people are coming together to help each other. Yeah. Um, And for me, it's given me lots of time to think and be creative about, you know, start to think about, okay, well, how are we going to approach this? But also, what's the business doing? What's the charity doing? How can we change? And, you know, we live in a very busy industry, don't we, where we get very little time to think. I mean, it was only five minutes ago, we were going through the Christmas period, and, you know, and suddenly we're in May. It's crazy. So, I think having that time, um, and... I just don't think our world was sustainable in the way that it was. So, I, I guess, you know, in some ways, we've got to use this time to kind of press pause for a minute and think about how do we work more, uh, differently. And I think the last thing for me is about the industry as a whole. We we work people so hard and people work so hard, and I know that we love it. We, you know, I love the hospitality industry, it's so amazing. Um, but it is hard work, and we were struggling to find good people to come into the industry. So I think we've got to use this time to kind of say, okay, well let's let's look at how we bring people in, how we train them, what we're offering them, um, yeah. and make sure it's really fair. So I would say that was a that was a positive learning, and I think we've got to, we can't ignore it. If we just go back to the way it was, we've learned nothing.
0: Yeah, I, I do agree. I think that uh, we, we maybe forget that we punctuate our daily lives with the hospitality industry. You no, know, whether that be yeah. grabbing a coffee in the morning before you go into the office, meeting friends for you know, for a bit of shopping, grabbing some lunch, you now a glass of wine yeah. after work with a friend yeah. or a colleague, hospitality is part and parcel of what we do every single day, and we've forgotten yeah. that. It's, it's consumers. So hopefully, that'll help. Yeah. You know myself and some of my friends. Realise what yeah. we're missing now, uh, more than anything. Yeah, no,
1: definitely. And I think the other thing is, is, is such an amazing opportunity for people, because you can start at the bottom with very little, and you can reach the top, um, and you know, with a good attitude, hard work, um, a lot of fun, because it is a fun industry. Um, you know, and we can't forget that it is, you know, and and our, you know, society can't forget that if it if it enables the hospitality industry to to thrive again when we can eventually open our doors, they can play a part in that and and really help people. And in particular, I'm thinking of young people, young disadvantaged people that maybe get lost in the system, um, through the education system in particular and come out with very little, pretty uninspired sometimes. The industry can play a a huge part. And as we go through and we see unemployment rise, and it will, with unemployment rising comes homelessness. And, um, And we've got to be really careful of that.
0: Yeah. Um, so I suppose look, looking ahead, um, what are the next best steps for the sector or perhaps for, for yourself um, whilst we're in this period? Well, I mean, I think
1: first and foremost, everyone's got to be safe. I really believe that. So I don't, I don't, I'm not a believer of opening the doors too quickly. I think we've got to be safe and everyone's got to be safe, not just. Um Not just our customers, but our staff, and we have to be careful we 've got responsibility for people um, so that 's the first thing I would say and I think just to have a really good sensible look at how we how we open up, how we restrict access, how we um, you know make sure we're looking after people, I know in Scandinavia they hadn't really closed their doors and they had really looked at how they brought people in and how they looked after them and you know and spaced them out and Use screens and whatever to, to protect people in kind of almost like you know uh, flexi glass kind of booths yeah. and, and potentially that might be something we need to we need to look at. Um, what I don't want to see is like you know people can't afford training and therefore don't try to inspire and train their staff. That would be the last thing. And if it, if we have to ease in slowly, that should give us the time to really think about our businesses and think about well. What can we change for the better? Because these times don't happen very often that we can take that time. Yeah. Um, as an example, the the furlough system and the tips situation. You know, ideally that would not be the situation, and we would be paying people in full, the same as everyone else has been paid in the same way. And um, we've got an opportunity now to change that. Um, and if we do it as an industry wide. Um, that that would be amazing. So, you know, some 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 practical things, some some organisational things, um, and in particular, for us as a foundation, we didn't stop our work. We we continued supporting people, and and the reason why we did that, and we could have done, we could have furloughed the charity team, but that wouldn't have been the right thing because we would have stopped that support, and we would have to have picked it up later, yeah. and that would have been very dangerous. And now we've, because we continued it, we can now offer that to other people in the hospitality industry and support them. And so I'm, I'm optimistic that we, we've got the right setup, the right structure to help people. And if, you know, with the likes of this interview, we can reach more people, that would be awesome.
0: Okay. And is there anything else that you're doing currently, uh, in addition to Beyond on food, um, or is it focusing on the day-to-day?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're a charity. We're quite small. We are uh, industry-led. We rely on funding as well as the the, the restaurant. Obviously, the restaurant's closed, so um, the, yep. bringing money bringing money in and making sure we can exist every day is is really really important. So we uh, are fundraising all the time. We reach out to grant and fund makers all the time. Uh, we have a crowdfunder as well, which is donate via our website or at beyondfood.org.uk. Um, and I'm currently uh, reaching out to all my chef mates and various people around the food industry, because our next crowdfunder, we would like to uh, to reach out to the hospital tech more than just our beneficiaries. And so, I'm looking for inspired recipes, stories about the industry to put into an online an online book at the moment, so we will Ooh. release this book in June. So, if anyone's watching this and would like to contribute, they can email me at Boyle sorry, simon at uh, beyondfood.org.uk, that would be awesome. Um, And if we can help anyone, and I sincerely mean this, um, if anybody needs some help and they are just a bit on their own and they are not quite sure how how to kind of navigate the system, then if they come to Beyond Food,